Welcome to Around the Table. In part two of this series on membership and baptism, the Elder Brothers expand on the concepts presented by Frank Souter in the last episode, and then articulate why it's important to be a member in the body of Christ. We're back again to continue our conversation on baptism and membership. I'm John Wiegand, and I'm with Nick Gutwein and Frank Souter, and we've been appreciating hearing what these concepts are and how they they work together. Was there anything that stood out to you, Nick, as you um, listened to this that really resonates for you? Yeah, actually quite a bit did, but you know, on top of mind right now, just the whole idea of the metaphors in the scripture and, um, and the idea that when we think of membership and compare it to uh, being a member of, as, as you, Frank mentioned, uh, Sam's Club and how different this is and how it goes back to this whole analogy of the body. And the body, of course, has a head and the head is Jesus and we are parts of it. And, you know, it would be the same thing with, with the building. I think Peter used building as a, as a foundation being Jesus. And uh, everything kind of works according to how that foundation is. And likewise with the head, it works so much from the head. It's, it's just, and then we're members. So I, I really appreciated that, Frank. I'm thankful to have that imagery. It's been there in the word, but, and, you know, Paul used it in three different letters, three different occasions to talk about it in Romans and in, with the Ephesians and also, of course, with Corinthians. Yeah, it was really powerful for me when I did this study. Just the thought that the whole idea of being a member, um, it's so distorted in our mind because we think in terms of, as you mentioned, club membership. But if you look at the whole history development of the word of member and how it's used, it can be traced back to scripture. And I love the way Paul put it in the church of Corinth when he was talking to them. He said, for as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Mm-hmm. And he's speaking to the Corinth church. This is a local church. And he says, you are a body and each one is a member, a part of this body. And it just... Um, It's just a beautiful concept of what it means to be a member compared to how we view membership in organizations in that. So the thought that stood out to me related to this is I think of baptism as this union with Christ in his crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. So I had that, that picture of death and life, dying to self and being alive with the new spirit. But, but the verse here in Corinthians is we're baptized into the body. And so this thought of baptism as part of the entrance into the Christian community is, is a thought that wasn't really at front of mind for me before. And it makes me appreciate baptism even more so to, to hear that and to have that resonate. Yeah, well, well said, you know, and I think in, in that Ephesians, I know you have some thoughts to share on that too, John, but in Ephesians, uh, you know, it, it talks beautifully in the same concept about the one baptism, the one spirit, the oneness of what binds us, but then the differences that we have. It's all in that context of the church there at Ephesus and how the, the oneness then result with a diverse group of many is tied together in the body. 
It is beautiful. Brother John, could you just read that passage from the book of Ephesians in chapter 4? So just to bring it up in front of us, if I go back to Ephesians 4, looking at verse 4, there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Real call to, to oneness, to this, this presence we, we feel together. And then with that oneness, distinction. And that's what I heard really standing out, Nick, in, in your point. It's we're called to oneness, but also into this working together as, as part of a body. Yeah. We can't just avoid the fact that we're each made differently with different personalities and gifts. And so uh, it, it, it then requires that unity in working together so those gifts are blended for his glory, as, as Frank mentioned in his talk. And by working together, that is what gives God honor and glory because it's not the individual members, but it's the body collectively together with Christ as the head being its guide that gives all honor and glory to Christ. And, and as you said in the talk, you referenced, I think, John 13, 34, and 35, that what that looks like uh, and what, what we look like as followers of Jesus is, is the extent to which we love one another. And you can only love one another in the context of being in community together. So that actually connects a thought in my mind, Nick, this, this connection between the practical body that we're in and, and membership as we see it that way, recognizing that there's this broader notion of the, the glorious church, the body of all believers that, that we're drawn with of all ages, the very first Christians through Christians of all time until Christ returns. So we, we recognize our part in that body, but in that, as the bride of Christ, that's not a practical hands and hands and feet dirty kind of thing, uh, really experiencing it. And back on the John verse, we can see a church that's functioning, that's working together, that's getting along through different characteristics we have and serving together is something that really stands out when we, we practically embrace being a church. Yeah. Thanks, John, for that. And I, one of the things that, you know, this spurred me to think about was this idea of independence uh, and, and Frank mentioned that, you know, we have a cultural thing where there's just lots of uh, encouragement for independent thinking and, uh, and maybe even lack of desire for community. Whereas I think that this model of the body calls us to be dependent on the head, Jesus, and interdependent on one another. And so independence, um, while freedom is great, it's really freedom from sin. And, um, and I just think that my prayer is that we all can resist the desire and the almost the pull of being independent and having our own view of things and way of things towards being more dependent on Jesus and interdependent on our brothers and sisters. Uh, I, I need to hear that message. It's not just for, you know, like it's, it's for Nick. You know, it's important that we, we resist that, I think. That concept of dependence on Jesus and interdependence on each other is so against the culture that we live in. Mm -hmm. Our culture is so um, 
I am independent. I can do it. I don't need help. I don't need others. And we lose sight of how God designed us to function together. I, I have a corollary thought to this that goes through my mind. I noticed that I'm very comfortable in interdependence when the people I'm interdependent on are perfect Christians. And so when the dependency loop is wonderfully affirming and reinforcing, it, it's, it's easy to do it. But when I encounter poor examples, including when I'm that poor example, the inter I chafe on the interdependence sometimes, and I, I kind of push against it. But, but then I'm reminded to the place that I know that I belong, which is we're all dependent on Christ. When, and when we're there, then we're in a place that we can be drawn together through, not to excuse the, the wrongs that we do, but we can be drawn together through both differences, challenges, and the whole range to the honor of God. Yeah, well said. It speaks a lot to the one another's of the Bible, that we are to love one another, forbear one another, to long suffer. And our natural desire is just to find people who think like us. But when we live life in community, we are forced into those situations of forbearing, forgiving, loving, esteeming, and what that means and what that really looks like. So it looks like we've stepped into this conversation on the benefits of uh, membership. And we're, we're noticing on how it's helpful to us individually. It's helpful for me in this being able to uh, experience that, that range of gifts, the accountability that I can receive uh, in this, this encouragement. I don't know if there's other thoughts that, that stand out to you, how membership is a strength to us individually. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start start on that one. Um, I know my propensity. I can speak for, for myself. My my propensity would be to want to be self sufficient, and that's when I get in trouble when I'm outside of community. And so uh, I think of we're all I think have an innate desire to be part of something, and so and if people are seeking that, and the most important thing to be part of is church. And for me, it's just a matter, you mentioned it, John, of accountability. So I need to have around me people that would check me, that would love me enough to say, hey, you know, are you okay? Um, or I'm noticing this. And I look back in my life and I know that there are times when I was disengaged and it was unhealthy. So I find it for me like to be spiritually nourishing to be part of a group with a common bond in Jesus and where there is a way to at least one aspect of this benefit is, is to be held accountable and to be loved in a way sometimes that uh, is just necessary, even though it might hurt a bit. It helps force me into thinking of my relationship with Jesus and how Jesus loved me. And when I struggle with another brother, I'm reminded of Jesus' forgiveness and his patience. And so it teaches me forbearance hmm. and long-suffering. Um, and it helps shape me and molds me to become more like Jesus. If I didn't live in a community, if I was independent, I wouldn't have that molding and shaping that goes on 
that happens within a body. So, so we experienced that on, on our own, and, and now we're also stepping into this. It's collectively helpful. So what is good for me and good for you is good for us. Uh, as we look at this impact on how the membership is drawing us together as a body, you know, continuing in Ephesians, as we move a little bit further, we have this whole body fitly joined together in just the right ways. The, the body is more capable and is growing in the right ways because it's a body, because we're, we're, we're linked together in this organic way. And I, I love Paul's picture here, back to, to metaphors, of a body functioning and how our, our tendons and our ligaments mm. and our bones are connected to each other for, for action, not, not to necessarily just look one way, but to actually operate and to function in ways that are that are healthy and strong, and that together, what's the outcome? It's for the increase, for the growth of the body, for the building up. That really um, reflects back on verse thirteen that says, "Till we all come into the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, and unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ." It's in that body that we begin to understand what unity is, who Jesus is, and to come into the fullness of Christ and understanding him. It's clearly just God's design and way of maturing us into the image of his son through the relationship with each other in our church families. So we're mutually responsible here in our discipling, being discipled and discipling others is for this ongoing maturation that we have to to get to this place that we were reflecting. Well, do we continue, continue striving for this place of being in Christ's love? Yeah. I love that expression. So part of the body is people in positions of leadership. And we would fit into that category. How does the concept of members and membership how is it helpful for us in that role? It's probably a question that we're not used to thinking about. Nick, um, I, I saw you perplexed, but maybe Frank, maybe you have a thought to share. <laughs> so, yes, um, if we are to shepherd people, we need to know who the sheep are. And if they're not a part of the flock, it makes it a little difficult to shepherd. And so I think it's clearly defines this is the local body here. And so you know where to invest time and nurture and disciple. Yeah. I, I just, when I, I look perplexed because, you know, I don't know how a leader could lead without, without people in the, in the flock. You know, it's like, it's like uh, back to accountability and uh, back to functionality like the body functioning, the church body functioning must have, must have people. And so, uh, or it wouldn't, wouldn't, there wouldn't be a need for any kind of leadership and we're, we're equals, right? We're all equals. So we just are called with a different calling, uh, around the role and responsibility, but the need for each other as a, a leader in that position of leadership is, is profound, uh, profound in terms of how important it is. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Uh, and it's not like you, you want to try, you know, you want to avoid the tendency to try to to please everyone. 
Uh, sometimes that's hard to do, but it is to be reflective and responsive to the needs and to the feedback, which is necessary, I think, for a leader. What are you thinking, John? Well, I've got this thought going through my mind. I, I was in a conversation with a believer one time, and he was desiring a degree of interaction. And the what he was desiring was encouragement outside of the context of being part of a body. And so he was he was looking for useful teachings, Bible-based teachings, but wasn't interested in living in a Christian community. And it was actually hard to figure out how to do. And it made me realize how blessed we are by having an active community of believers that we're part of, uh, working together, encouraging each other. I, one of the things I love after sharing a, a message on a Sunday is to have uh, brothers and sisters come back and share thoughts that they had, maybe an additional thought teaching me to better understand the word and how to how to live it better. So this mutual building up is, is so important. And it reminds that we we do have a range of roles. We have a range of gifts, but together they work uh, in good ways. Exactly. And, you know, I, I always think that the more diverse we can be, I mean, we want unity, but unity comes from a diversity, which is natural and necessary. It's like the body metaphor. I mean, what would be like if we were all left feet? You know, um, well, some of us are all left feet, but <laughs> but honestly, I, I just can't imagine. I love the power that is in diversity. And from a leadership standpoint, it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, it poses challenges. And that's where you rely on the spirit to blend all that together. It's a beautiful thought. Yeah, we've been focusing on the body internally and its growth and health and operation. But there's also the part of the body that's not yet part of the body. So as, as we look to the lost and we've already referred to John 13, 35 as an important characteristic of the body is being a way that we reflect Christ's love and that people can really know what does it mean to be Christian? Are there other thoughts related to that about how the body is a benefit to our unbelieving communities around us. I've seen some powerful examples um, of the impact that the body has when the body loves one another. I had a friend from Japan come visit us and we took them to church. And after church was over, um, she asked me, she said, what, is it with these people? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, I've never seen a group of people love each other in the way I've experienced that Wednesday evening. It was very powerful. She had never been in a church before, her first time experience. And what she saw more than anything, what spoke to her was the love that was in the room and it bore testimony of Jesus Christ. 
Um, I'll give another example. We had a uh, person from the community, a high school student, who um, visited our church from an unchurched background. And she felt the same thing, too. And she was talking to her friend and she said, this is something I need to be a part of. And her friend looked at her and said, no, you don't. Um, her friend was unconverted, um, was kind of fighting against Christ in that. And she looked at her friend and said, you just don't see it. But the love that is here that I see between people and between each other and toward me is just something I have not experienced. And so one person who had grown up in it was blinded to it, Mm -hmm. but an outsider coming in saw it in a way that um, was just powerful. Wow. Yeah, that's encouraging. And I think it's such an important aspect of what what we do as as church community being the light on the hill, the light of the love of Jesus. I, I think though, and I, on the flip side of that, there's, there's equal responsibility, but when it's negative and it's not shown, I think, uh, and the witness is poor, it does significant damage. And I think that's why it seems like Paul was, was writing a lot about this stuff, right? Writing a lot about it to Corinthian, to the church in Corinth. It wasn't about, Hey, you're doing great. Just keep it up. It was about, hey, there are some things you need to be watching here. And it always seems as though when we when we get away from an attachment to the head, Jesus, we have risk mm-hmm. of getting it wrong because of our human nature, our flesh. And so, boy, it's a reminder of, of the importance of being in the vine, abiding in Jesus, so that uh, we have that spiritual strength to be able to overcome the flesh and operate in a way that is reflecting the love of Jesus. And you can see it in today's, in today's uh, cultural milieu that it is, it is uh, not consistently demonstrated in churches. And therefore to the unbeliever, some of them, even in our own family brothers that come and say, what's going on here? Is this what it's all about? When they see bad examples of it, so I think there's a heavy importance of this. It's a benefit, the body, but when it's functioning as it's intended to. When I hear that observation, it reinforces another story I have to share. Maybe this is a, a concluding thought, but I think of someone who came to church for a period of time, no church background at all, and he was blessed in the experience, but then he moved in with a church family and he said, now I get it. And so he valued the interactions, but the 24-7 interactions, we sometimes think of church as the time that we're together or the times we're doing church. And I, I believe one of the benefits of, of membership and being part of the body is that 24-7 experience that we're called to, mm. that we can live into that all the time. It's not a performance. It's not a mm. we'll do it here or there. It, it's who we are. And that actually raises the accountability bar and the opportunity bar where we recognize when we aren't living into the place that we should, but then the opportunity, Christ's calling and the Holy Spirit in us that we can actually live in Christian community. Thanks for listening. 
We appreciate your interest and also welcome your comments. To share your feedback or episode ideas, go to the settings menu in AC Central, select User Feedback, and when the web page opens, click the Feedback on Around the Table link. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.